everyone, this is a show for rarity seekers out there. This is a show for the people who crave those low population cards and stickers. A show for people who like to turn left when the market's starting to turn right. A show for people who don't want to be told who to buy, because the fun is working it out for yourself. Now let's do this. Cue top loader tapping. Welcome to episode 10 of Pop One. This was meant to be a very first two-person podcast not just in the echo chamber of my thoughts and as a result i think it would have been the best episode yet but for the worst possible reasons the guest had to pull out so yeah and just i guess i won't say who just in case i'm invading their privacy but the fact that just as a sign of how decent and professional if that's the right word the person was there that she let me know that they'd have to pull out which yeah i don't know how they had the that would have been the last thing on my mind if I was in the same situation. But yeah, uh, so I guess an impromptu episode instead. I'm, as the title suggests, all things Gary V, VZ money. The way he can just talk about a card and and literally move the market by talking about a card again, <laughs> that makes it sound like it's something sinister. He's moving the market maybe intentionally, but no, the fact that his words have a lot of power. So yeah. A lot of mixed opinions on him. Again, I, I couldn't believe just how just how mixed they were. So I guess, yeah, whether you a lot of people got into the hobby because of him and or you're in the hobby, so now you've heard about him. You know, he's a huge name, a huge personality. And again, yeah, I just want to say all my thoughts about him. So yeah, Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V huge sort of social media entrepreneur sort of yeah i guess world famous in this sort of digital media media age massive following and that's one thing i want to really focus on and i guess separate i personally think you should separate him from his following because yeah I, d I don't know if let's say a guy i don't know how many followers he has on each so social media platform but i personally believe you're not responsible for the actions of your millions of followers, for example. You know, it's kind of up to them to sort of take responsibility for themselves. Uh, but yeah, I guess it's a difficult balance. Flip side of that is you sort of should acknowledge and understand the, the power you have when you have that bigger following. But yeah, it, it's difficult. So yeah, as I said, I think you should separate, just judge him on what he personally says, his personal actions, his personal philosophies, just, yeah, him personally. And so, yeah, I want to start right there. What what does Gary Vee preach? He preaches research, research, research. He's incredibly passionate about sports cards. He's brought a lot of new eyes to the hobby, a lot of new people to the hobby, a lot of new money to the hobby. You know, you could probably say, I don't know, just to pluck a figure from thin air, you could argue, potentially argue that let's say 10% of every sale you get is potentially down to him. You know, he's, he's making people money like with any card just by helping grow the hobby. So I think that that should be seen as a positive for starters. I mean, so that the first time I became aware of him in cards is I was, I was listening to a podcast or watching a podcast, it was on YouTube, it's quite a big basketball podcast. I really enjoy it. And the thing that really struck me was just how on the defensive he was. 
so it's probably about an hour and a half long. He's the big guest, so he's the main draw. Most of the questions and chat is sort of funneled towards him, quite rightly. And yeah, he would just, even when the, let's say the question didn't necessarily invite him to sort of defend himself, that's what he did. It was sort of an hour long plea about why he's doing nothing wrong. And I just, I felt, I found that really eye opening. I'm like, wow, why does he feel the need to do this? I guess, yeah, I guess I found it quite sad. And yeah, just this, I was very unaware of this dynamic in the hobby. And what it seemed to come down to when I looked into it after that is, I think a lot of people who've been in the hobby a long time, long-term collectors just feel a bit uneasy and I guess threatened by him. They feel he's, yeah, I guess he's got too much power to influence markets. They feel, yeah, maybe he's making some stuff too expensive or there's too much. Although if you're a long-term collector, you know, you should, you should have some of the best cards out there. You should be the one profiting most from, you know, this sort of extra attention and money he's bringing into the hobby. But, but yeah, just that, re that really hit me. And to be honest, everything I've seen of the man personally, you know, judging by what he actually says and as far as I know does, I don't see the issue. I don't see what he's doing wrong. I literally define it as he is doing what all of us do, but he's got the massive following. So there are, there are ripples from that. And yeah, I guess I, I potentially see him as a victim. Like he feels like he can't talk about sports cards anymore but because of what happens when he does, which is, which is crazy. If he's clearly in love with the hobby, you know, he's, I guess he's back in the hobby, but this is something he did as a kid. I don't know how old he is, maybe late forties. I don't know. Those wrinkles could be from just how hard he, incredibly hard he works. But yeah, he, he's clearly in love with the hobby. I mean, surely that's, that's not up for debate. And yeah, things he preaches, things he personally preaches, do your research, do, I don't know what he's saying is it a hundred hours, a thousand hours, but just do your research. And like I mentioned before, once that, the research is fun because if you, if you love if you love the cards or the players you're researching about, the research is a pleasure. You know, the only reason you ever cut it short is because your eyes are falling asleep at two in the morning. You, it's it's not work. So yeah, things he personally preaches, I think, are all the right things. You know, he's, he preaches about rarity. He preaches about I don't know, looking for new, th looking where no one else is looking. He sort of. He loves his sort of oddball cards, which I'm a fan of. He's a big Kaboom fan, which I'm definitely a fan of because, yeah, rare, interesting cards, different cards. They sort of stand out both literally and in terms of, yeah, how rare they are. But just all these things he preaches. But so I think everything he does personally is positive, but almost... <laughs> I mean, his biggest problem is arguably something is arguably so charismatic and he's so he's so good at motivating people that he empowers them to potentially, in my opinion, he empowers people, his following to run before they can walk. They're so excited and just keen to get going in the hobby that I mean, that they're, they're making mistakes. I'll give an example. 
So you're watching YouTube, you get videos recommended to you, suggested to you. That's how I find a lot of new people. A lot of people who I go on to watch every week, that's how you first find them. There was one with Gary V's name in the title. So I clicked on it. It was a guy, it was a guy doing a mail day. He's new to the hobby. Straight away he's making videos because that's sort of one thing which Gary V preaches, just you know, social media, especially now during a pandemic. You know, make content, get out there. It's it's sort of free to do. It's potential, it's free, free marketing, I guess. If you talk about it in a professional sense, it's free marketing. Just go out and do it. You know, improve your skills, document your journey, just go for it. And yeah, a lot of his following clearly does that. I mean, and yeah, so Gary V's name was in the title. Shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but the fact his name was in the title, I sort of had an idea of what this video was going to be like right from the start. Click on it. He's going through all his first buys. Um, obviously, they're all referred to as investments. It's, it's all about flipping them, not sort of long-term holds. They're not coffin cards or casket cards. He's not taking them to the grave. But yeah, every buy was basically a red flag of just a lack of research, just rushing in before you arguably should be ready to do it. I know a lot of us probably made mistakes in the early days that, you know, sometimes you've got to make the mistake to learn from it. But these were all incredibly avoidable mistakes with just a tiny bit of research, which is what one thing Gary Vee preaches, do your research. And yeah, mistakes I personally don't think he would make himself, although the UK traditions cards maybe suggest otherwise. Uh, but yeah, anyway, just, just to give actual examples, this guy in this video, he had a mark. He bought a Marcus Rashford 2018 World Cup card, and he thought it was a red parallel because not the border of the card, but the inside of the card around Rashford's body was red. And of course, that is just what every England card in that set has. It was just a base card. So let's say he's paid anything more than base card prices. He's got himself in trouble there. He also had Premier League Prism cards, which he thought were silvers. They were just base cards. Again potentially got himself in trouble there. Another thing, he had a World Cup story, World Cup story Pele sticker. So that's from 1990. He thought it was a 1970 original. And as a result, he was saying how this is going to be worth hundreds of pounds now. And if I get it graded, potentially even more. But again, I think he said he actually only spent five pounds on that, but that's the giveaway in itself. You've got this thing for five pounds, which is apparently worth loads more just it was just red flag red flag red flag people running before they're able to walk in the hobby and yeah it was just terrifying there's, there's one you know he made another point that he read about a player a player on a message board he'd never watched play himself and after reading this this message board post in his own words he bought everything of that player he could find on ebay so that this player i think it was patrick schick again that that's the only fortunate thing because it was patrick schick presumably didn't spend a lot of money but to buy everything out there a play you've never seen play like it was just terrifying and yeah so i don't think i don't think he's gonna have any luck reselling that stuff on or at least for a profit but that's just an example there's probably hundreds of videos out there of, of people like that and yeah i guess gary v fanboys I, I, i'd call them just people that he does empower because he, he he is so charismatic and you know that that's that's a good thing that's not something to say as a negative and 
especially in the sports card world, charisma goes a long way because let's be honest, in, to generalize, it's quite, an, it's a hobby full of introverts. It's a hobby full of, I mean, it's quite, it's relatively, it's quite a nerdy hobby collecting anything, to be honest, which my personal opinion is one of the, one of the best things about it because to generalize again, introverts and more nerdy people are generally more decent people, less likely to scam, less likely to just do dodgy, disingenuous things. But no, he is charismatic. So he does stand out in content creation terms. But yeah, the, the cost of that is he empowers these people just to just to be vulnerable, I guess. Sorry, not, not empowers them to be vulnerable. He empowers them because he empowers them, they go out and make all these buyers and because they haven't done their research, they are vulnerable. You know, you, you can get swallowed up in the, if you, especially if you're spending big money in this hobby, you know, if you're not, if you're not uh, prepared research wise, you are vulnerable. Like I'm not, I'm not talking down about that example I gave, but genuinely it's just coming from a good place. Genuinely, if, I'm, if I make any point here or on Instagram, genuinely from a good place i just don't want people losing money that's it like i may not be right but it's that that's yeah that's the place i'm speaking from personally but yeah you, you are vulnerable if you haven't done your research and yeah so that's just an example of his following i don't want to make it sound like a cult but yeah in terms of what he says i'm a fan in terms of his followers i'm not a fan <laughs> like I guess it's so why long-term people in the, in the hobby might feel threatened by him is he's arguably sort of a symbol of this new culture of sort of flashing 20 of the same card. You know, that might just be a base card. Again, there's, there's another debate within that, you know, the base card, you could argue it's the most accessible card for a lot of people. So, you know, don't, don't talk down about the base card. If that's, you know, if it's your favorite player and that's all you can get hold of, you know, that, that is a special card, but obviously, cause it is a base card, there's thousands of them out there. So that, that's the trade-off, but yeah. And yeah, maybe, maybe he's like the poster boy or the symbol of this new culture of buying 50 of the same card, grading 30 of them. I don't know if he, he actually buys raw cards himself. So maybe that needs to be separated, but so me personally, I'd argue a lot of this current grading backlog is down to him. Like it's it's a ripple effect from him. And I mean, to, so me, I personally like that there's a grading backlog because I like that, let's say PSA can't just magically make five new graders appear or 20 new graders appear to, to help clear the backlog because, you know, grading should be to be a, PSA grader or a BGS grader, it should be a really, it should, it should be hard to find someone qualified to do that job, let's just say, or it should take a while to train them up, you know, if they're going to start as a relative novice, because, you know, you want, let's say you send a card in yourself, you want someone really skilled on the end of it. You don't want just someone who can just come in and in five minutes is, is their grading cards for sort of the biggest companies in the world. So yeah, in that sense, I do like the grading backlog, but in another sense, I hate it, obviously just, I guess for selfish reasons, I don't like that 
some of my genuinely rare, or I know it's an opinion, interesting cards are, I'm potentially waiting a, a year to get them back. I think the current estimate is eight months to a year if you've sent anything now. I'm a bit frustrated. I'm waiting to get those back because there's 20,000 bowl bowl base prisms stuck in the storeroom as well in the queue. There's, yeah, just all these base cards, which potentially is a Gary V effect, you know, but again, there he, he's, he's not preaching anything wrong. The fact is, if you do, if you even a base card, if you get it graded and it gets a 10, you sell it on for way more than you spent on grading. Like, it's that simple. So why would you not do that? It's like, it's like the whole scalping issue in the card world at the moment. You buy a box from Walmart, you sell it the same day for five times more on eBay. Like, okay, that's annoying, but is the person doing that doing anything wrong? You know, they're making some easy money for their family. Is that technically they're doing nothing illegal? I don't know. I assume it's nothing illegal, but it's just, yeah, I, it's, it's a difficult one. But yeah, maybe he's sort of a symbol of that sort of flipping culture. I mean, if you if you've bought forty of the same card, I mean that that's if you can find forty of the same card, it's probably not a rare card, is it? And in my opinion, it's not worth grading. But it's it 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 does make you money. That can make you money to help afford sort of the better stuff. So you know what's wrong with it is you're free to grade what you want. Like it's up to you. The only person who chooses is you yourself. There's no, there's no rules. You pay the cost and you grade what you want. But yeah, maybe the problem with that is there's, I don't know, in my opinion, people are grading stuff. They, I don't know, they arguably, arguably shouldn't be. But again, I don't, I don't think I have the right to say that, but I guess I also have the right to have my opinion on it. But yeah, maybe that's that's a negative ripple effect, which I don't know if you should be held responsible for. Again, it depends how you feel. It, it really depends how you feel about it. But yeah, in terms of... So another thing people might not like about him, a negative ripple effect is him talking about these cards may be, may be intentional. He wants the prices to go up. He, he's self-aware of his own power to do so. But why would those prices go up? Well, those prices would go up if loads of people are suddenly demanding that card because he's talked about it. Well, that's his following's fault. That's that's not his fault. You know, we all talk about cards. The difference is he has a, he does it with a massive following. So he is just doing what all of us do. Or we buy a card, we're excited about it. We maybe take a picture of it and put it on our Instagram feed. Why is that fine? But when he does it, you know, he, he's excited about his stuff as well. He mentions it when he buys it. But again, he now feels like he, he can't do that. He can't do what all of us do ourselves. So, you know, it's just, it feels a bit of a contradiction there. But yeah, the, the only reason what he's doing would be wrong is if he's personally selling these cards he's talking about, let's say a month after he has talked about them, as soon as the, the prices spike upwards, then yeah, he's profiting on something in a sort of, a scummy way, I guess you'd say, but as far as I can tell, he he's not dumping. You know, he's doing a lot of pumping. 
I, I think this pumping is just pure excitement. Jesus, some bad thought, <laughs> bad images in my mind right now. But yeah, he's pumping because he's excited about stuff he's buying or he's excited. He buys it because he believes in it or he's excited about it or he's spotted an opportunity. That That's literally what all of us do. Like, that's all it is. So why is it, why is it so bad when he does it? Because, yeah, he's, he's not selling anything. And so to, to give a funny example, I recently got a look behind the curtain of what he's actually buying. It was a guy who a guy who wanted to sell. He wanted to sell something. And he, he wasn't necessarily in the hobby. He just had this incredible set to sell. And he asked me where where I where I would personally sell it. So I, I told him about PWCC. I told him about Golden because I mean this set was you want the most eyes possible on it to get the you know, to get the best sale price. So I recommended those two places. Unfortunately, it wasn't based in the US, so it was a bit bit of a hassle. But then I said, well, to be honest, I know someone who loves these cards because he has talked about them, in, you know, a year ago and six months ago. Again, everything he talks about, he says why. He backs out with logic. And to be honest, nine times out of 10, I 100% agree with that logic. Anyway, Gary Vee had talked about these cards so I was like, look, I know he loves these cards and I know this specific lot that you're selling. He will, he, he would, he would definitely be interested. But anyway, in the end, he was, I don't know if he was a bit intimidated by Gary's celebrity, but in the end, maybe just wanted to avoid, uh, auction fees, eBay fees. In the end, he went on a, I think it was a basketball specific group on Facebook and he sold his cards there. But the funny thing was, Guess who ended up buying them? After all that, it was Gary V. So yeah, I got a rare insight into exactly what he was buying the exact day he bought it. I go on his Twitter feed that day, and yeah, he is tweeting about those cards. But is that a, like? So I was thinking, right? Is this? Is there anything sinister there? But because I know exactly what he bought, this is not something he's potentially ever selling. Like this is a collector's set. This is something really, like a really, really cool lot he was buying. And yeah, he's not he's not selling that anytime soon. He's he's buying it because it is such a cool item. And yeah, he he buy he's buying in it because he, he believes in it. He, he probably he probably loves it aesthetically, he just it ticks a lot of boxes for him. So yeah, rather than think anything less of him, because I saw him tweeting about these cards the day he actually bought them. I actually thought more of him because because it was such an amazing collector's lot. So yeah, it's just yeah. I just wanted to mention that rare insight I got to what he was actually buying, and all these Twitter posts. He was never he was never recommending anyone else buys them or telling people to buy them. He was just yeah. I guess he was just discussing the set, asking people what they thought, asking for feedback, just doing market research, just extra market research. I guess a lot of people you buy something, you want some sort, some sort of validation for your buy, you know, like, well, the way I buy is I buy because I want it. I don't really care what anyone else thinks, but I guess part, I guess part of you does care what other people think because yeah, you want to buy stuff, which will also appreciate in value. That's the ideal sort of the bonus. But yeah, he, he was just doing extra, I guess, market research, which is what he does. You know, he's a social media entrepreneur. He wants to know what these 
what trends are going on so he can just, yeah, get ahead of the game. But yeah, long story short, I'm a fan. I don't think he's doing anything wrong. He's a victim of his own success. He's a victim that he has such a big following and that he is so charismatic that he does empower people so much. It's just when it's when that empowerment is applied to sports cards, it, yeah, it potentially has some negative ripples. But Jesus, like, what are you going to tell him off for, for being really passionate about sports cards? Like, wh where's the crime there? For being so motivational that he makes people, he gives people more confidence. Again, wh where's the crime there? So, yeah, long story short, He's doing nothing wrong. I think he would be a loss to the hobby if he, you know, if he does go into silence or hiding. I think the problem is purely his following, just just people blindly following him. But Pete, you're probably doing it for a reason. I, I said the title of this episode, VZ Money. If you buy what he's talking about, it goes up in price. It is VZ Money. So it's maybe not blindly following in that sense. But yeah, it's exploiting his his power which like what can he do about that power does he have to become less popular so he can enjoy the hobby more i mean maybe maybe say okay maybe just have these conversations in private with your friends <laughs> but yeah I, I genuinely feel quite sorry for him i think yeah it's a really weird dynamic so i guess being a celebrity in the hobby but a celebrity who loves the hobby there's other figures out there, but I think Gary Vee is sort of the the biggest personality in the hobby, if you like. I'm not going to count Logan Paul. <laughs> Until, I don't know, in five years' time, if Logan Paul is still all about Pokemon, then fair enough. But yeah, Gary Vee, he's, he's got 20 years plus under his belt, all things sports cards, baseball cards back in the day. Now, I mean, it's great. He's, he's talking about soccer cards as well. That's great. He's given stickers love. He recognizes that that's sort of the European culture. And if you if you call rightly or wrongly Europe the home of football, again, I say rightly or wrongly, I think it's a shame that the best Brazilian players now have to go to Europe to make, you know, to make themselves world famous. But that, that's just the way it is, rightly or wrongly. But yeah, again, judging on what he says, I'm a fan of almost everything he says. He backs it up with reasoning. He doesn't just say, buy this, that's it, which would in itself work. People would just flock like sheep and buy it. He backs up with reasoning. He gives you the information. It's up to you then what you do with it. You, you might disagree with it. But yeah, that's all the thoughts top of my head right now. And yeah, I, I don't see the issue. But yeah, as you can tell, I'm repeating myself. I'm not very good at finishing pods. This is a very impromptu episode. And going forward, I do have more guests. I have two penned in now, not just penciled in for the start of March. So yeah, keep an eye out. Again, that's where I want to go with these. I don't want them to just be an echo chamber of my thoughts. But to get a guest, how can you get a guest on your podcast if your podcast doesn't exist? You have to have some sort of body of work to maybe convince people. I don't know if my Instagram accounts enough to convince people but yeah and just to say I've aimed quite high with guests I think I'd rather aim high and fail you've got nothing to lose so yeah I've aimed high and hopefully that leads to better episodes but yeah for now take it easy yeah enjoy the hobby there's so much positive stuff out there